Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Ohio Mysteries Backroads. In this podcast, we explore some of the little-known legends, stories, places, and rumors about the great Buckeye State. We're your hosts, Mike and Dan. So hide the keys, lock the doors, and turn down the lights. The next episode is about to begin. Hello and welcome to another edition of Ohio Mysteries Backroads. My name is Mike and that guy across from me over there is Dan. And together we're going to head down the back roads of Ohio to three different locations. We'll stop in Cleveland, head on over to Darbyville in Pickaway County, and then we're going to make a final stop in Xenia, Ohio. Hi, Dan. Hey, Mike. So, just curious, why are we talking about three different locations? And I'm going to guess by the title of this episode, which is Somewhere Over the Rainbow, that these three locations might have something to do with the really cool movie, The Wizard of Oz. Yes, exactly. You mentioned the first part of that episode's title, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, but the second part of that title, Hamilton, Hulse, and Grapewind, are the names of three actors who were born in those cities I mentioned earlier, Cleveland, Darbyville, and Xenia, and all three had roles in The Wizard of Oz. So we have three Ohioans, Hamilton, who would be Margaret Hamilton from Cleveland, and we all know the role she had in the movie, Oh, yeah. Wasn't she the Wicked Witch of the West? Of course, the Wicked Witch of the West. And we have uh, James Hulse, who played a munchkin. And we have Charlie Grapewin, who played the role of Uncle Henry. Like I said, they're all from Ohio. So I thought it would be kind of cool to talk about each one of them, you know, stuff about their lives, their acting career, and their connection to the movie. Oh, yeah, that sounds great. And to me, Mike, it's always interesting to hear how people went from Cleveland, Ohio, to all of a sudden to being in a blockbuster movie out in Hollywood. I love stories like this. Yeah, I think we're going to be doing some more of these stories as we go along because I I think I've got a few of them. And we're going to even talk about James Hulse a little bit later. We're probably going to be talking about him in another podcast down the road. Played a role of Munchkin in The Wizard of Oz. And as I said, we'll probably mention him in a future podcast. I love good munchkin stories. <laughs> they're, they're really good. Okay, so let's start with Margaret Hamilton. Everybody, again, she knows she played the Wicked Witch. She was born in Cleveland in 1902. She lived on Euclid Avenue, which was then known as Millionaire's Row. That's where the highest of Cleveland's high society lived. You know, people like Rockefeller, you know, people like that. Margaret's father was an attorney, and her grandfather was a judge. So they had a few bucks, at least enough to live on Millionaire's Row. Margaret also had some very good schooling. She attended the Hathaway Brown School for Girls in Cleveland and Wheelock College, a private school in Boston. She was actually a school teacher before she became an actress. Oh, yeah, and I think I heard that she was actor Jim Backus's kindergarten teacher. Do you know if that's true? You know, I'm not sure. Everything I have read over the years says this, that she was his teacher in kindergarten, but I could never confirm it. 
So I did a little more digging, as much as I could anyway, and the best I could come up with is this. Margaret was born in 1902. Jim Backus was born in 1913. So when Jim would have started kindergarten around 1918, that would make Margaret about 16 or 17. I think that would be a little too young to be teaching, but maybe back at, in those times, that's when they did teach. I don't know. I think she was still in school at the time, though. However, the timeline would allow for Margaret to have taught Jim, say, four or five years later when he was in grade school, maybe fourth or fifth grade. Again, I couldn't confirm any of it, but it is entirely possible. And from all sources that mention it, I'd say it probably happened. By the way, for those listeners who don't know who Jim Backus is, he was the voice of Mr. Magoo and starred on Gilligan's Island as Thurston Howell III. If you're not familiar with any of that, then you're way younger than me and just please go Google it. We talked a little bit about Jim uh, in an episode we did a few weeks ago about the, the many voice actors from Ohio. So go and give that a listen if you can. Getting back to Margaret, she always loved acting and started doing it at a very young age in Cleveland. She even acted at the Cleveland Playhouse at one point. And so after her brief career as a teacher, she turned exclusively to acting in the early 1930s. She was a character actress for seven years before she was offered the role that made her famous. You know, there's another famous woman from Cleveland who also kind of had a similar story. If you've ever heard the story of pilot Blanche Noyes, she was a famous aviation pilot from Cleveland and she also got her start as an actress in Cleveland when she was first coming up. So it sounded like maybe being an actress in a lot of cases would springboard these women into other roles. Yeah, yeah, you're, that's very true, Dan. And you know what? That might be a story in itself we should consider doing uh, on, on Blanche. Definitely. Look forward to that one coming up. Very interesting woman. So instead of giving a chronological biography of Margaret's life, I'm just going to read off some interesting fun facts about her career. And I think that'll sound much more interesting than droning on about dates and events. Like in 1940, Margaret did this, and then in 1950, she did that. So let's just start with this one. Margaret had a pretty long career, over 121 acting credits. A lot of people don't know that because she is primarily remembered for the, her two most famous roles, which is one of the Wicked Witch of the West. And do you know what the other famous role is that she had? Yes. In the 1970s, I think she played Cora, the general store owner who peddled Maxwell House coffee in TV commercials. That is correct. They were very popular commercials at the time. And again, just a bit of a side note here and a little bit of trivia. For anyone who knows who actor Judd Hirsch was, he played Alex Rieger on the TV sitcom Taxi. One of his earliest roles was on one of these Maxwell House commercials with Margaret. This was just before he landed the role on Taxi. Wow, very cool. So there's a lot of ties with Margaret Hamilton. Yeah, so we're going to do just a little bit more trivia about Margaret, and then we'll move on to uh, Charlie Grapewin, the uh, second of three actors from Ohio that were in The Wizard of Oz. So again, Margaret, because she is known mainly for her role in The Wizard of Oz, people don't realize that she acted alongside some of the best actors of her day, co-starring with the likes of Mae West, W.C. Fields, Buster Keaton, Richard Cromwell, Abbott and Costello, Mickey Rooney. There were just so many more. The Wicked Witch of the West was ranked number four in the American Film Institute's 2003 list of the uh, 50 best movie villains of all time, making her the top-ranking female villain. Margaret played Morticia Adams' mother, Hester Frump, in three episodes of The Adams Family. Actually, Margaret had been offered the role of Grandmama, 
but turned it down. Uh, she wore the same costume for two productions, 26 years apart. The dress she wore as Miss Gulch in The Wizard of Oz in 1939, she wore again when she played Hester Frump in The Addams Family in 1965. Margaret was also a regular on the soap opera The Secret Storm, playing the role of housekeeper Katie. In the early 70s, she joined the cast of another soap opera, As the World Turns, on which she played Miss Peterson. Margaret also was a distant cousin of actor Neil Hamilton, who played Commissioner Gordon on the 1960s Batman TV series. Margaret had a sister, Dorothy, who was famous in her own right as an author, woman's right advocate, and birth control advocate. In 1917, Dorothy married Charles Brush Jr., son of Charles Brush, the creator of the new arc lamp. Brush's arc lamp was the first lamp to light any city electrically, Cleveland, in 1879. Margaret died on May 16, 1985. She was 82. She was cremated, and her ashes were spread on her New York estate after her death. Margaret's parents and both sets of her grandparents are buried in Lakeview Cemetery in Cleveland. Wow, what a life. What a fascinating woman. Yeah, she really was. Great acting career. So the next Ohioan we're going to talk about, who was in The Wizard of Oz, is Charlie Grapewin. And he was Dorothy's Uncle Henry in the movie. Yep, that is correct. And Charlie was an interesting guy. He was a circus performer, a vaudeville performer, and a stage performer. He acted in both silent films and sound films. The guy was a seasoned veteran. You know, we, we mentioned that Margaret Hamilton had over 120 acting credits. Well, good old Charlie had 108, not too far behind her. Uh, his career spanned over a half century between 1900 and 1956. Obviously, he's best remembered for his role as Uncle Henry in The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I think I remember that. Didn't Was he the one, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but was he the one that gave the dog to the Wicked Witch of the West? Do I have that story oh, correct? Oh, wow, I don't. She was in trouble for something, or the oh, dog yeah, 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 created yeah. a problem? She, yeah, yeah, because I remember she was riding with it on her bike, and that's when Toto jumped out of the back of a basket. Yeah, I guess it was him. Yeah, because he said there was nothing they could do or something in, in the scene, and then gave it to her. Yeah, yeah, that's right, good memory. I think I, think I remember that part of it. I totally forgot about that. So getting back to Charlie, he was born Charles Ellsworth Grapewin in Xenia, Ohio on December 20th, 1869. He's got a birthday coming up. He'd be like 154. Anyway, Charlie wanted to become a circus acrobat and ran away from home to join the traveling circus. He ended up traveling the world with the famous P.T. Barnum Circus as an aerialist and trapeze artist. Wow, that's really something. You know, I remember my mom asked me if I was ever going to go and join the circus. Here's a guy who actually went and did it and traveled the world. Yeah, he did. He traveled the world and he got interested in acting and he worked in a series of stock companies while writing stage plays for himself that he could star in. He eventually made it to Broadway where he received his one and only theater credit in a short-lived play. It's, it was called It's Up to You, John Henry in 1905 but he continued in theater on and off stage for the next 30 years hmm so he performed for all these years but really wasn't all that famous yet right 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 he wasn't he was 60 years old when he hit the big time he found his niche in a wide range of rustic setting films playing like humorous old often toothless codgers he managed to avoid the typecasting of these roles though 
and he delivered solid performances in many classic films that included Tobacco Road in 1941 with Gene Turney, uh, They Died With Their Boots On in 1941 with Errol Flynn, The Grapes of Wrath with Henry Fonda in, in 1940, The Good Earth, The Petrified Forest with Humphrey Bogart. He also played the role of Inspector Queen in the Ellery Queen Whodunits that ran from 1940 through 1942. Those sure are some impressive credits. Yeah, they, they are impressive. And I've, I've got some really cool trivia on Charlie. He actually appeared in the original 1903 production of The Wizard of Oz 36 years before he appeared in the film version. He also performed with Judy Garland twice before they were together in The Wizard of Oz. The two performed in MGM's Broadway Melody of 1938 and Listen, Darling, also in 1938. He died on February 2nd, 1956, and this was the same year that his most famous film, The Wizard of Oz, first came to television, but he didn't live long enough to see the telecasts, which took place in November of 56. Grapewind Street in Corona, California, where he died, is named after him. Dan, I'm going to name six films here. Alice Adams, 1935, Libeled Lady, 1936, The Good Earth, 37, Captain's Courageous in 1937-2, and The Wizard of Oz 1939, and finally The Grapes of Wrath in 1940. Charlie appeared in all six of those movies. All six were Oscar nominees for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. So he was in some really, really good movies, all of them getting nominated. He died at the age of 86, like I said, on February 2nd, 1956. His, his ashes were interred with his wife's in Forest Lawn Memorial Park Cemetery in Glendale, California, at the Great Mausoleum's Columbarium of Inspiration. Wow, what a career. You know, you don't often hear about that stretch of Academy Award nominations. Uh, and I think the, the only actor that comes to mind for me was uh, John Cazale. I think I got the name. He was in The Godfather. Right. Then he was in The Deer Hunter. And Dog I, Day Afternoon. Dog Day, great movie, Dog yeah. Day Afternoon. So I think he kind of had the same things. But you really don't hear all of these this many in a row. What are there, six films in a row? Yeah, five or six of them that, that were all Oscar nominated for like Best Picture or whatever. Wow, wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, he, was, he, he acted with some great actors and he was in some great movies. So that brings us to our final Wizard of Oz Ohioan, and that would be James Hulse Jr., who played the role of a munchkin villager. And I'm going to just call him Jimmy because it's just easier. So he was born in 1915 in Darbyville, Ohio. He only reached a height of four feet six inches when he graduated from high school. Uh, I think they, they think his growth was uh, stunted from polio, although I don't know if that's ever been confirmed or not. But he was a pretty smart guy, was a Latin scholar in school. Uh, the depression and his size made it impractical for him to go to college. I get that nobody you know, during the depression had any money, so I can see not going for that reason. But I'm wondering why his height would have hindered him not attending college. Any idea? Any thoughts on that? Just, just accessibility, maybe? Yeah, that's the only thing I could think of, unless there was some... I wouldn't imagine there were some discrimination practices mm -hmm. going on that I, I'm pretty sure there's not a height requirement to get into college. Yeah, but. I'm just wondering exactly. I mean, it's happened so long ago. Who knows what the details were? But I mean, like I said, I could see him not having the money to attend, but I'm not sure why the height would have, would have been a problem. But who knows? Maybe somebody out there could tell us. Maybe one of the listeners would have a better idea of why that happened. Yeah, if you know, please let us know. Yeah, so 
Um, regardless of the reason, he wasn't going to go to college, so it looked like being a farm laborer was going to be his only occupation for, for the rest of his life. But something happened to change these plans. Jimmy went to the Circleville Pumpkin Show, which I think still happens today. I it, think you're right. Pumpkin carving kind of thing. Um, he was there, and he attended a program by the Harvey Williams Midget Troop. And that's, that's actually what it was called, the Harvey Williams Midget Troop. I don't think you can really say midget today. Is that inappropriate to use that term, I think? Maybe. Yeah, I, not up on my uh, <laughs> forbidden terms. Yeah. Of, of course, Harvey, the owner of the Harvey Williams Midget Troop, noticed Jimmy and his small stature, and he made him an offer he couldn't refuse. He uh, told Jimmy that the troop was under contract to appear in a new movie called The Wizard of Oz, and that they could guarantee him a role in the movie if he wanted to come along. Wow, that's so cool. Um, I think I also heard that Harvey received a fee for any of his troop members that were in the film, so that meant more money for him. That is true. You know, he probably saw Jimmy standing there and figured, okay, it's a little bit more money in my pocket. I just got to get him to come along, right? Little bit of money, no pun intended. Right. (laughs) There you go. So Jimmy went to California, and he was in the film. And you can actually see him in a scene where the munchkins start to come out after they were hiding. You know, after Dorothy arrives, they're, you know, they kind of, they're all hidden. And then they start to slowly come out. And there's one scene where a munchkin is coming out of a sewer. Jimmy is on the left side of the screen and he's wearing a yellow jacket with brownish colored pants. Of course, Jimmy was thrilled to meet Judy Garland. And after the filming, he was actually offered additional work in another film. That was to star some of the little people from The Wizard of Oz. But with no guarantees, Jimmy thought it would be better that he would just kind of head on back home because he wasn't sure he'd be able to make a career out of, out of being a, a little person. So he went back to his original plan of being a farmer. He eventually moved to Columbus with his mother and father. He worked at Frecker's Restaurant and the Tom Thumb Restaurant. Later, he worked at George Byers and Sons Parking Garage. Hmm, interesting. Do you know, Mike, if uh, whatever happened to him in terms of his personal life? Did yeah. he ever get married? Did yeah. he ever have kids? I don't know if he got married. I'm, I'm kind of doubting that because he's buried alone pretty much next to his parents' grave. And I think his brother's grave is there. It's like a family plot and there's no there's no spouses listed on any of the grave markers or anything. So I kind of think he didn't get married. Um, and speaking of Jimmy's grave, he died on December 29th, 1964 at the age of 49. Couldn't find a, the cause of his death, but like I said, he's buried with his parents and his brother, and they are in Greenlawn Cemetery in Columbus, Ohio. Wow, what a kind of cool Ohio legacy. Yeah, there's a there's a museum in Asheville, Ohio, near where Jimmy lived, and there's a display in the museum that tells the story of his life. It's got photos and everything. The name of the museum is Ohio's Small Town Museum. I suggest you go visit it and check out all the other uh, attractions they have at that little museum. Oh, I would definitely like to check that out. You said that's in Asheville? In Asheville. So, yeah, I got to get down there, too, and check it out. Cool. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. So that's, that's the story of the three Ohioans that were all in the Wizard of Oz. There actually might have been a fourth one, and I didn't include her because I'm not really sure. I couldn't confirm any of her information. I can't actually even remember her name right now, to be honest. There were stories that she actually was helping Julie, Judy Garland with her costume. She was kind of like a, an assistant to Judy Garland. And then there were other sources that said she actually acted in it as a munchkin. So I didn't want to include her because I, I just wasn't sure. I couldn't confirm any of it. So there might have been four people from Ohio in the movie instead of the three that we just talked about. 
Wow, another Ohio connection. Very yeah, cool. Yeah. What a great story, Mike. Well, well thanks. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, join us next week. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more like it, head over to ohiomysteries.com. With over 500 podcasts to choose from, there's sure to be one that's going to keep you captivated. I'm Dan, and I can be found at YouTube at North Coast History and Haunts. My partner Mike can be found at Facebook at Too Late for Autographs. Thanks for listening. That was another episode of Ohio Mysteries Backroads. Stay tuned for more. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.